0: Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing us to open your word and to contemplate and to see ourselves as in a mirror. Your word tonight, be sacred seed deposited in our hearts so that we could attain to the high call in Christ. Allow your words not to return void but to fulfill the purpose for which you sent it out that it would adorn us with grace that it would be a good seed planted in good hearts that would return a harvest that would glorify your name that would magnify your kingdom. Fill your glory upon the earth, Lord, through our lives, through our families, through our ministry. Allow your glory to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Transform our hearts, transform our thoughts, transform our words and our steps that we might run after you and embrace and receive the high reward and an inheritance for those who put you in their lives without reserve, without compromise, without discussion. Let this message impact our lives. That we might have holy seed, that we might have holy descendants upon the earth that replenish your favor wherever they go. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Paul says these words in 1 Corinthians 9.26, I run in such a way and not without direction, I fight not as one who beats the air. This video we saw of this young girl who is not going to use the words, I can't, led her to be the state champion she is. Pursuing, regardless of the want or the lack, pursuing in such a way that which is rewarded. And so in verse 24, Paul says, Do you not know that those who are in a race all run, but not all receive the prize? Run in such a way that you might win. It's a travesty to see God be there in our lives for a period and length of time, and it all come to naught, come to no consequence, no reward. No prize. He says everyone who competes in these exercises in these games exercise a self restraint in all things. Everyone who pursues the prize begins to exercise self control. Live in such a way that There will be a fruit of our effort and our participation. And then he says, therefore run in such a way, not as one who beats the air. And then he goes on to say, this is what I do. I discipline my body. I make it a servant. I make it a servant disposition. I'm not going to allow myself to walk in any other manner. Because while I've been preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. I myself would end up, after all this effort, not to be rewarded, not to see the fruit of my life. A lot of people don't aspire to be a champion. There's very few people that say, you know something, God wants me to be a champion. I want what God wants. God wants us to excel, where the word excellent comes from, to be at the highest regard. He says, I want to make you the head and not the tail. I want you to be on top and never beneath. I'm preparing you to rule the nations. That's God's game plan. Not for one person, not for one family, not for some particular children, but God is faithful. Um... I'm always amazed at the 12 sons of Jacob um, that Joseph had a heart, a servant's heart. Wherever he went, all he did was serve. All he did was want to do his father's delight. All he wanted to do is to be the champion his father wanted him to be. His brothers, they had another disposition. They, they had serious argument in their brain. They They... They said, you know, let's get rid of this dreamer. When you're talking about becoming a champion, you're talking that's the sphere of dreams. That's not, that's not ordinary weather. You're not breathing good air um, uh, with respect to understanding what God is calling us to. Uh, people see us. People witness our family. People observe. And, and they're like, what drives them to live and pursuit of God? What God promises. Um, I was declared a crazy man when I left my law practice. All my friends would look at me and, and they would say, sorry, this guy, this guy is not right in his head. They haven't seen God's faithfulness. They have not tasted what I've, what I've tasted with that regard. So some of us see Joseph and we say, well, we'll never be a Joseph. Some of us see Jesus and say, well, that was Jesus. But I'm not a leader. I I just want to repeat what I've heard before with respect to you are a leader. You're just a crummy leader. See, because we're all called to leadership and now you're leading well or you're leading bad. And if your leadership is not worthy for people to imitate and follow, you're a bad leader. God is calling you to higher ground. God is calling you to excellence in all areas of your life. God is calling you to soar in the heights of an example because you are a son of God. You're called to be an example to the nations of the earth. You're called to be an example. As I watch the difference between a man who knows how to um, control his manner of speaking, and then you have one who who has to whine and yell and and speak negative. There's a big difference being able to watch your words. But that requires maturity. And God wants a leader to be excellent in all his ways. Um, We should strive for leadership. What, What is a leader? Jesus was the the. Measure of excellence when it came to leadership, he he has led the world, and it's because of his servant nature, his disposition to serve. It wasn't it wasn't difficult. He says, "I didn't come here so somebody would serve me. I have come to serve. I am like like I'm among you like one who serves and not one who is desiring to be served." Um. Your testimony amongst your peers. Your testimony amongst those that are over you. At school, your teachers, your employer. Your your peers are those that are on the same rung as you. And then those that are underneath, that that you're over as a leader, will tell if you have a servant's heart. And so, as we... I have no doubt that there is a huge inheritance for us. Huge. And for our children. I'm I'm just blown away at the magnitude of God's favor amongst the nations. God's looking for those that are willing to step it up. To not beat the air anymore, to not run like one who's not gonna win. One who exercises the disciplines of leadership to to incredible degrees. Not a leadership based on celebrity, not a leadership based on telling people what they want to hear. That's not leadership. We see that in Aaron's life. Moses goes up to the mountain and Aaron stays responsible to the people in the valley. And when Moses comes back, there's a party going on. And when they ask him, what are you doing? He says, everybody wanted to do that, so that's what I did. That's not a leader. A leader leads people to be the champions God wants them to be. So 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul preparing his young Disciple says, you should work hard. The word be diligent is, is put a lot of effort into this. Move with incredible energy to present yourself as a leader that's approved. A worker that need not be ashamed and who has rightly divided the word of truth. These are These are, um, sometimes when we travel, we we see some people that think that this is going to come from heaven and go abracadabra. From now on, you are the messenger of the Lord. And it doesn't happen in that regard. A messenger of the Lord is one who diligently presents himself right before God. And so, um, he talks about what ruins your ability to present yourself as a great leader in the next verse, verse 16, avoid. Make sure you don't get in the mindset of words. That when you're being challenged to be excellent for the Lord, you are speaking in worldly terms. What words coming out of your mouth affect your behavior towards more and more ungodliness. And, and I, I hope you capture that. That that when the high regard for excellence comes on your life, you don't take the low road of nobody likes me. Or they have something against me. Or I can't believe the circumstances don't fit to what I like. Because I've never seen an athlete that's a champion speak in those terms. This leads to laziness. It leads to not discipline. It leads to continue um, to lead your... Behavior to take the form of your words. Avoid these words that have no worth. Foolish talk that only leads more to ungodly behavior. A champion in Christ is a servant all out in the predicaments of the most difficult and adverse terrain. You're not a champion because things are easy. You're not a champion because everybody likes you. You're not, you're not going to go where God wants you to be because it's a friendly and nice place. You're going to pay the price. You're going to have toiled hard and suffered long and put up with, with adversity and conflict and beat the odds. That's what makes you a champion. And so these take, in, take on a lot of, a lot of uh, um, description. They take a lot of forms that are very, very uh, wearisome, very heavy burden, very, very long. And, and, and so describe everything that requires you to understand the overcoming of. And so we all start, and I start with the basic premise of 1 Corinthians 1.26, that, that there's nothing uh, impressive about us in the first place. There's nothing that causes somebody to lift us up as spectacular because God has chosen those things that are not mighty. Those things that are not noble. I wish my last name was Roosevelt or Kennedy. I wish I had a a last name that would promote me. But it's not like that. God has chosen. Verse 27. See that not much of us are noble and worthy But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things to put to shame the things which are mighty. So a leader is not one who is born with form and and, and stature and and has favor. Uh, I I had that happen once where a a gentleman came up to me. He goes, Well, uh, you're you're from the doctor's family. I was like, Wait a second. My dad studied hard and long to be a doctor. He's not a doctor because he was born a doctor. He studied super hard and in a language not his own because he studied in Cuba and then came to the States and studied again and, and, and paid the price for the favor of what he enjoys. But a lot of people won't like that. They think we were born with a silver spoon and it's not like that. Not, not, we don't come from high and mighty. God has chosen those things which are base. What for? Verse 29. So that every single one of us would know that it is the glory of God. And that no flesh should glory in his presence. That means um, greater the acknowledgement of what God has seen than what men cater to. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm a servant of God not because of what I do in the flesh, but in the supernatural favor of God of what is taking place in the spirit realm. Faithfulness to, to be present. Uh, Derek Prince says 90% of a champion's life is just to show up. Why? Because just the great majority of people are not showing up, there's a huge void. There's people that are not participating. He's writing to a church. In, in The church of Corinthians is a church of a lot of confused people. They are arguing. They are competing. They're trying to figure out who serves more, who serves less. I belong to Paul. I belong to Apollos. And he says, I'm glad that I'm not a part of any of your spiritual development. Because he says, I haven't, I haven't baptized any of you and I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not part of what's happening spiritually in your life. Because it's a fraud. And this is what we learned this week at men's meeting in Judges chapter 17. Where there's a man who is he's, he's catering to his religious devotion that is all himself, and in the last verse, he so deceived, he says, now that I have, uh, Judges chapter 17, the last verse, now I know that God is with me, since I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything I want, I picked who I'm going to listen to, I picked how he's going to participate, I picked, I'm not going to give a tithe, I'm just going to give him a little, a little offering, And since he's a backslidden priest, he says, that's fine. There's no problem. So leadership is not about man's favor upon your life. So that no flesh glories in his presence. He he says, while there's a chapter, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians is all about the gifts. And chapter 14 is all about the functioning of the gifts. Chapter 11 is a chapter on love. So he says, all that's going on without respect to the service you do is an issue of love. You guys don't have a clue because that is the forefront of being a champion. Listen well. The forefront of the people God uses are those that have a capacity to love without hypocrisy. We're going to be confronted in in our family, in our church, in the nations. With incredible lack of tack. credible uh, issues that will arise. And if that affects your heart, you're not qualified. You're not qualified. They're not going to ask you to come back next year. They're not going to ask you to participate. But those that have a heart of a servant, there's no expectation. They continue to express unbridled, unrestrained love in every direction. You know what they are? A refreshing. You you stop being the problem and you start being the answer. And so in a church like this, in Corinthian, that everything is stirred up and they bring Paul in and he addresses the church. In chapter 16, there was a family that did not, be, did not need to be addressed because they were champions already. And so he talks about them in chapter 16, verse 14. He, he says, here's the answer to your dilemma. Make sure you're doing everything out of the expression of love. Your service to God is an expression, you're a champion because people see that you have come way above adversity and conflict, uh, um, discussion or contention. You no longer want to be right. You no longer want to prove a point. That's not your interest. Let everything you do be through the expression of love and then... God is faithful to give us in verse 15 an example of championship. I urge you, brethren, that you, you follow after the household of Stephanus. I'm telling you what you need to do, but I'm also giving you the example. And the example is a true champion and leader called Stephanus. His household, the fru- first fruits of Achaia, that their manner in championing the cause of God is because they're devoted themselves to take care of the servants of God. I, I love the, the translation here. He says they're addicted to serving Those that are serving God. Their central effort in existence in expressing their love in all things is to be addicted to the ministry of the servants of God, the saints. Then he goes on to say, how do they do this? Verse 16. Verse 16. You can submit to these. You can follow their lead. And to everyone who works and labors with us. He's he's holding out Stephanus as an example of one who's doing all things in love. By refreshing the servants of God. He says because they do so they have a place of authority. What is Paul telling them to do? He's telling the church, submit to these guys. Follow their example. Come under their leadership. When uh, we're, we're seeing this verse, um, I, I don't think it's, it's a coincidence. The name of Stephanus is one who is crowned with honor. That's what his name means. You're going to be crowned with one of two things as a champion. You're going to receive the acknowledgement of your servanthood or people are going to see the fraud of your appearance of being a servant. Stephanus' name crowned with honor. When he says that he has devoted himself to the service of the saints, he uses the word, the Greek word tasso. This man does not leave his station. The place he's been appointed to is the place where he serves from. They are stationed, assigned, appointed. He says he's taken care of the responsibility that has been entrusted. There's all sorts of, of leaders that do not want to attend to anything entrusted. Adonijah says in 1 Kings 1.5 that he lifted himself up and he appointed men with respect to an army. Let's go read that. He says he prepared for himself chariots of horsemen and 50 men to run before him. He exalted himself, I'll be king. This is not the leadership the nations need. This is not going to be healthy outside of our personal Existence. Matthew 20 25 says amongst the Gentiles they exercise their authority you know that the rulers of the Gentiles like to be over and greatly exercise authority over people not so amongst you verse 26. Yet it will not be so amongst you. You're going, to be a, a, you're going to stand in the favor of my leadership over the nations. It's going to be to the degree of a heart of true servanthood. You're the, you don't carry the, the weight of anything you're throwing around. But your magnitude to be able to serve. Whoever desires to be great amongst you, let him be a servant. This is not something that can be fabricated or manufactured. This is an issue of the heart to humble himself. Uh, Learn of me, Jesus says, meek and humble, not aspiring, not thinking, not moving. And, and this, is, this is intense provision of God for us tonight. We could, we could say, Lord, I want to receive. What you have for us. Not because of carnal perks and prominence. Listen to me. We're dealing with too many nations, with too many pastors across the board, denominationally. There is nothing, there's nothing that, that even remotely comes close to what God is leading us to. There is nothing. It's, it's the favor of God. And that's why there's an instruction in verse 16 where he says, come subject to people like this. Come and submit to those who are serving in a magnitude of that character to, and listen to what it is in verse 16, where First Corinthians 16, 16, be submitted To people like this. To people like what? Verse 15. To those who are addicted. To refreshing. The servants of God. Submit yourself to people. That are refreshing. That are are refreshing. We're going to see this now. Verse 16. To these submit. Together with everyone. Who works and labors. With us. These two words are very important works and labor. One speaks of synergy. Synergy comes from two Greek words, sin, which is with, and energy, which is ergos, which is work. Those who have the capacity to work with, alongside. That's what works is. And labors is those who have taken a beating. Those who have suffered, those who have gone through uh, beat downs that have that have been at the crossroads of of the price we have to pay to be a servant of the Lord. Paul says in verse seventeen, "I rejoice when I see Stephanus coming." I'm glad about his appearance together with those guys for Natas and Achaicus for what was lacking on your part they supplied. This, this lacking these men that were worthy to be leaders to be submitted to to uh, come alongside and refresh the servants of God they stepped in the gap. They, they they removed the bumps in the road. That's what it says. When they, they, they supplied what was lacking. That means um, you, the road is smooth and there's a big gap here. If I'm walking here, there's a big gap. They come and fill this. So, what is an issue is no longer an issue. What is a problem is resolved. What the Corinthians did not want to do, these men did for them. Other people are opening holes and gaps and everything is a problem and everything is a situation and it makes for horrendous turbulence and when you go to minister you'll do the same thing you'll do the same thing the hotel is too hot the water's cold the uh, the schedule's out of place they didn't keep it's just all the problems and a leader is one who supplies that which is lacking it's evident that that you cannot have ministry Without controversy, but they're taking care of controversy. There was a great mix-up in that church, but these men were, were holding. Um, I, I put it down in, in, a previous, in, in, in a section that's coming up. And then it goes on to say in verse 18, Because here in the lack they were supplying, these men were a refreshing to my spirit and to those who were creating the problem. How many are seeing a high caliber ministry right here? these, These guys are not playing games. They're not bringing issues. Of course there's issues. Some man said like this, I love ministry if it weren't for people. I love church if it wasn't for the ministry team. My pastor is the problem why we're not doing what we need to do. And so it's all over the place. All over the place. And the issue in this church, you can say with me, was immaturity. He says, you guys are like kids. You guys, I wanted to come to you as teachers. I wanted to teach you something. I couldn't. I couldn't teach you anything. Instead of being teachers, you needed milk, he tells them. You need to start all over learning for the basic principles that selfishness is the opposite of love. And you're still stuck on you. You still want to express you. You still want to feel you. And so that makes for a horrible leader. That makes for a horrible... Um, I, I, was, I was read. we were watching last night, Theodore Roosevelt, he was out doing a campaign, running for president, and somebody shoots him. I'm like, listen, presidential election over, I'm leaving, I'm going to the hospital, I'm about to die. He says, no, 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 wait a second, I, I came here to say a speech. And he has a bullet in his chest, And he says he doesn't care about the bullet. He doesn't care about the guy who shot him. He's there because he wants to lead the nation. I want a president like that. I want a leader like that. He puts himself aside and he's going forward. And so Paul is saying this. These men refreshed my spirit. And they also at the same time refreshed yours. Therefore, make these men remarkable among you. Acknowledge them. Give these guys their platform. Love that verse. Give them rec- recognition. If anyone has, is unable to do this, verse 19, if you do not love the Lord, I'm sorry, it's a little bit further down. Verse 22. If you cannot attain to this, If you do not love the Lord Jesus Christ, if you can't live at this high call of expression, then this is is a horrible proclamation. Let him be cursed. Let him never be able to prosper or be fruitful or have any expression. And so I feel... God wants to do great things, but I feel also that they're not going to come to pass and we will have dropped the ball and we will have had a bump in the road that unsettles our, our destiny and our call. 1 John 3.16, our example is Christ. We know He loved us because He laid down His life for us. And because we have Him as an example, we also ought to lay down our lives For the brethren. It's not about you anymore. That that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Leadership looks attractive from a distance. But the truth. Is not that attractive. In a near close up view. Leadership is all about laying down your life. Sacrificially. Sacrificially. For those that many times will not even have a clue what you're doing, God's maximum expression of this principle is John 3.16. He so loved the world, he gave. And he gave until it hurt. He laid down his life. He he put it aside. He He wasn't concerned with this. This is easy to do when people are nice and difficult to do when they're impossible. And they're unlovable. John 13, 1 says that when Jesus was among us, he demonstrated this love um, and made sure that the expression of his existence, it says before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, he had proven he had loved his own who were in the world and he loved them unconditionally there was no lapse there was no break there was no I would have I could have if only they weren't that difficult Romans 5:5 is the source of this love for the heart of a servant of God who God wants to use is to be connected to the spirit of God because waiting on this reality doesn't disappoint us because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Um, If you see the defects and those that, that you're called to serve and work and refresh and exist with, you need a time saturated by the Spirit of God so that your love for these people is greater than the offense. Your expression of what's coming out of you, it's greater than the toxin you're letting in you. And some people will question your capacity to authentically, without hypocrisy, love people that deserve something else. So he says like this, that our example is in Genesis 29... Where it says that Jacob loved Rachel. Verse, let's look at that verse in Genesis 29. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel. But they seemed only like days to him because of his love for her. Love does something that anesthetizes you. How many say amen? Amen. You you know what a son does to a mom and she continues to love him? What, What a son does to a father, he continues to love him? Because he's not allowing his love to be thwarted by rebellion, stupidity, ignorance. It's it's that love that allowed Jacob to consider the seven years um, only a couple days. And then he, he served another seven years. And he says because of his love for her. Have we found that back there? Genesis 29. Because of the intensity of his love... They weren't years to him. Some people are ca- counting the days and the hours. Can't, I can't, I, I'm dying to get over this episode. Verse 18. He says, uh, now Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. And then he says in verse 20, so Jacob served. Seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love he had for her. This, is, this has to be the overriding sentiment in a, a, a man or a woman who intends to be a champion for God in this world. Never wavering, not unstable, not selfish. Not setting up uh, in the church... There was, there was a constant setting up of us and them. We and they. 1 Corinthians eleven eighteen. 18. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear there's divisions that exist among you. And in part, I believe it. I hear that you're so caught up that you don't see the church as, as God's hand to fulfill his purpose. You still want to separate and verse 19 he says and these need to happen there must be a separation there must be divisions amongst you there must be those that are saying we them us and they don't see the whole picture because that way you'll be able to tell who is a true servant you'll be able to recognize the people that are that are unable unable to walk There must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized amongst you. These factions, these divisions, these splits, uh, preferences. Well, uh, we've had it happen many times. If I get to work with Paul, then then I'll I'll come and I'll be a part. If I get to work with Rosie, she's fun and we'll do... uh -uh. Uh-uh. That's baby stuff. Could you please say that's baby stuff? Yeah, so I feel better. Now you guys are preaching to me. It's baby stuff. What are you doing? How could you be part of a world-changing team if you can't get along with the people here, the families here? You have mounted yourself up in a, in a scenario above those that, that are most worthy of your embrace and your participation in your love. What are you going to do when you get stuck with somebody from a foreign country that doesn't know, one of, the, one of the men in one of our conferences, one of our sessions at a church, he says, Pastor, thank you for your book, but I don't know how to read. What do you do? Well, then, then, then I can't lead you, brother, because I'm only going to lead those people that went to school. I said, no, here's an audiobook. You get to hear it, too. God wants you to have the provision. That was powerful. Otherwise, we we just we just segregate ourselves into little groups and and we lose it. We lose the testimony of Christ. Notice that he's talking about seasoned family. He says these were the first fruits of our labor. Verse 15. 1 Corinthians 16, 15. He says, these guys were there from the beginning. The first fruits. And this is a sign of perseverance. They're not there for a season. They're there full on. They're addicted. They have addicted themselves. Read that word if you get to, devoted. They they have consecrated their relationship to the ministry by refreshing the men of God. Verse 16, um, they have the Sin Ergon, they have the ability to work with. They, they, they are able to, to, listen what it says, to work together, help and work, partner in labor, put forth together, assist with the business. This, the first part, sin is with. We said that already. The second part, Ergon, synergy. The second part, that you know, some people want to just be here with us and they don't want to work. And then some people want to work, but with, not with anybody. So if you don't have the complete synergy, nothing's taking place. We need to have the disposition to work and to be with. And then the second word there, labor, uh, is the word toil. Um, those who have been cut. Those who have been hurt. Those who have, have ca- um, had trouble and involved in intense labor. These were the ones we come under, see that they refresh and supply that which is lacking. They stand in the gap, they fill, they, they catch the ball that is dropped. They make incomplete things complete. They fill the holes so there's no bumps, there's no turbulence. They address issues and resolve them. They don't create more. They don't create voids. This is Paul's example in ministry because he's not only calling to these men as recognized men of God that are refreshing, that are addicted to serve. Um, Second Thessalonians 3, 7, he says, for you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us. You yourselves know how you're to follow our lead. I, I can't. While my heart is broken for the people who have decided that, that their children will not raise up to this level of, of championship in the, in the economy of God's kingdom, my heart is broken, I'm just as excited at levels that far surpass an expression of being excited, going to see the harvest of those that have embraced it, at levels that far surpass. What, what, what I can even fathom. My heart is broken on one side because people are compromising. They're dropping the ball. They're not trained up. They're, they're not taking this serious. But there's some that are. And these will be crowned with glory. With favor of God. They're not from a royal family. They're not from prominent background. They don't have big bank accounts. But, but they'll be prominent upon the earth. Because of the servant nature of their hearts. Because they have championed the cause of the gospel. But this is not something that just happens by circumstance. So he says, you know yourselves how you ought to follow our example. For we were not disorderly among you. We weren't just a a bunch of... Pastor, could you please make me a leader? I would if, if you can just follow they were telling us in, the, in, in Peru right now, they said, I forgot what the example was, but somebody told me, you sit in the front, Pastor Joaquin, because you're, you're an invited leader to this conference. I said, yeah, thank you very much, but I'm going to sit in the back seat because to be a good leader, you got to be an excellent follower. How are we going to get to where God is leading us if we don't let people lead us? You ought to follow. For we were not displaying something that wasn't worthy to follow. We weren't weren't all over the place. And so Paul continues, he says, verse 8, Nor did we take of anybody's portion... We weren't overstepping our bounds, but worked with labor and toil. There's the words. What he's telling the Corinthians to do, he's actually doing and telling the Thessalonians to do. This is synergy with toil. Well, I don't like to take a beating. Well, then you're not a servant of God. Well, I don't like to be offended. Well, you're not like Christ. God cannot crown you with honor. There is no inheritance for those who serve themselves. Night and day, so that we would not be a burden. So we would be a refreshing. So we wouldn't dig a hole to have turbulence and have, have be an issue, an unresolved issue. To any of you. Verse 9. Not because we're not in a place of authority to do it. But we want to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. I love this trip that Pastor Rivera took to Houston. I love it. These are are the behind the scenes issues that people don't see. I'm about to take off to Peru and Pastor calls me. He says they've invited me to Houston to share at a men's conference. But I want to do do what you tell me to do. Nobody does that. He's been in ministry way longer than me. I'm I'm, I'm submitted to what you want me to do. I said go and go fast and go furious and give them what we have. And I thought that was exciting. And then all of a sudden another phone call. Pastor, what do you want me to share? You know what that is? That's a man that wants God to show up. And guess what? God did show up. Powerful. Crowned with favor, with honor. Come back. Pastor, they said they want you back, right? Absolutely. Absolutely they want him back. And sometimes we're going so fast, so furious, so entitled, so worthy. Send me why did they send Pastor. They should have sent me, somebody said. That's God doesn't want to use a donkey. He will use a donkey from time to time, but he's not going to. But to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. What what type of ministry are you pursuing? I've told people for the last 16 years, don't waste any more time. If you're not here to follow our example, go somewhere else and follow someone else. Because you're not going to go where you think you're going. And all I have to give is what I've received. So quick. Quick. Go and and do what you think you could do. But this is a great example to follow. This is a refreshing to the nations and to servants of God everywhere. What did the pastor tell you? Joe, what did he say? Pastor Joe said this. This is not only for my church. We need this where? Everywhere. All the churches. He says, not only my church needs this. Every church I know. Every church I know needs what you came and gave us this weekend. And this is not just a, a new pastor. This is, this is a, seasoned, a seasoned man of God. But he's able to listen and to weigh and to consider what God has given us through his grace. And he says, I want more. And you guys come back. You guys come back. Verse 10. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, let him starve to death. Is that too too strong? If you're not going to be part of what we're doing, you're not going to get provision. You're not going to get, there's no reward there. In fact, it's taken place. I'll take people with me and they end up ruining the relationships we have. Come on, come on, Peter, you come with me. I want you to be a part of what God is doing. And then that attitude comes to the place where we we don't want you back. Well, what happened? We're not interested. We're not interested. Verse 11, for we hear that there are some who are present among you that are out of order. Some who are not what you guys are purporting to be. Some that you give this example and they're coming up with this situation. They're not saying the same. They're not walking the same. They're just busybodies. They're just, just going all out. You could do the Greek study because I didn't do it tonight. Find out what a busy body is. I'm not interested in busybodies. I'm interested in changing the world and being faithful to the vision God has given us to walk in such manner of order and example that people without hearing our message, they know we're intense. They know we're serious. Pastor from Argentina came up to me on this trip. He's the one that's been inviting us for the last three years. And he says, Joaquin, I've been watching you for five years and you're so serious I want to go to Miami and spend five days with you because I need help. I need help. And I said, well I don't think I could help you but we could pray together and God could help us. God will show up. God will show up and give man the provision he's seeking for. It is powerful that God has called us to such a ministry. We need to be faithful with that which is entrusted to us. There's no reason for us not to be. There's no reason for us not to be. And that this is a word that is worthy to be meditated upon in the coming days. Father, I give you thanks tonight that there are families like Stephanus who we rejoice when we hear them come. Because they supply what is lacking. They're addicted to the ministry of refreshing the men of God. They are working, laboring, toiling, suffering as examples in a place where other people were just filled with themselves. They were not doing all things in love. They were full of carnal, immature, unloving, competition, posturing, factioning, divisions, seeing prominence and priority and worthiness. When we are called to be your example, I pray, O oh God, that this word not fall on stony ground. I pray that this word fall upon the hearts of world changers so that they can do in the nations what they have done here many, many more years before you launched them into purpose. We give you thanks that the coming of Christ is at hand and we have not time to waste beating the air and walking around in circles in the desert in rebellion and disobedience, pride and arrogance, posturing for leadership and position. Make us servants so that we go where we're told to go, we say what we're told to say, and we are entrusted with that which you've entrusted This local church to bless the nations and refresh them. Make us a servant not only in our houses, with our wives and our children, in our church, with the families that could recognize the church, the evidence of mature, selfless, surrendered servants, called to be entrusted with provision of great treasure. Transform us that we might become the embodiment of your love and serve in that manner. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Let's go ahead.